Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David and as always I am joined by the infectious Matt. Hello there. Well then, Matt, here we are. Round two. Yes, this is our second attempt at recording this episode. Hopefully it will go a little bit better than uh, last night's uh, aborted attempt. <laughs> yeah. Where we spent about half an hour during the... During which we managed to, to bank about five minutes of usable content. And even then, that was you just shouting at your dog to go outside and have a shit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um, it, it, we in, in the end, we decided to recall it off and we'd have another crack at it. Yeah, the um, weather was so bad that we could barely hear each other over the internet. So. Yeah, we were having problems with lag. We were having problems with the fact that my dog was refusing to go outside in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it wasn't good. It turns out that was a blessing in disguise, David. Why is that, Matt? Because today, I've had a day off today. Yeah. And I was sat in my living room today, just watching a bit of TV, when there was a knock at the door. Right. And it was the postman. Right. And postman see, Pat? Uh, or a different one? No, I think he's called Ron. Ron? Uh, postman Ron. And, Disappointingly uh, non-alliterative. Yeah, yeah, but he's all business. He's got no time for that silliness. Uh, fair enough. Um, and I assumed my wife had been buying stuff on the internet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it actually had my name on the package. Oh. Uh, it's absolutely massive, David. Uh, yep. And it turns out it's our belated Secret Santa gift from the Married to Who podcast. So oh. we're going to open it now. And, you know, if it's Doctor Who stuff, you can have it. And if it's stuff I want, I won't mention we received it and keep it secretly. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, so I have pre-opened the box. I did right. cut the sellotape because it was well-wrapped. Mm-hmm. Well-wrapped. But i just get that open. And I'm going to read through a little note that Jake sent us today. Oh, fantastic. I'm looking forward to this. Okay, so first of all, Merry, very late Christmas. Congratulations. Thanks to you, Jake. Cheers for interrupting me there, David. Really, really rocked my flow there. Sorry, sorry. I'm just trying to be polite. Are you finished? Yes, Matt. Right. Congratulations on another great year of the podcast. It's been fun to see you make friends with other podcasters and expand your fandom. Not of Doctor Who, of course, but of other Doctor Who podcasts. (laughs) Also this year, I got to do a podcast with David, which was an excellent and i had a blast i look forward to doing more together in the future okay to the gifts first some root beer oh i'm guessing that's the big box yes it is yes it is so sam had been talking to matt ages ago about how difficult it is to get root beer in the uk so she insisted i include some i got a fancy craft 12 pack with some cream soda in it as well. But I replaced a few with some good old Barks. So I'm gonna, I think that's, yeah, Barks is the brand of root beer. I'm gonna crack that cold one open in a minute. Lovely. Uh, And it also says, David, make sure that Matt shares these. So next time I see you, David, we'll, we'll share a root beer. I'm looking forward to that immensely. Okay, also in here, there's a sweatshirt for little Zorbs. 
And Jake says, I swear it would have fit him when I first bought it and hope it still does. Uh, so it says across the front, Lil Absorbalof. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's actually uh, really nice. Little uh, hoodie for him. Fantastic. Right. Finally, are my choices for the bonus episode I want you guys to do this year. So Jake donated to the Wheelie Big Quiz, so he gets to suggest a bonus episode. Uh-huh. And first of all, for Matt, is... And I'll reach in and see if I can find this. Oh, bloody hell, David. <laughs> is the it? Series 1 box set of Lady Christina, the big Finnish <laughs> stories. Four, four CDs, David. Let me see if I can check the runtime on this. Uh, so, this is the volume no one asked for. This is what took me so long for to send your gifts. I ordered it on December 4th and it arrived last week. Hold on. Right, there's four CDs. One of... Oh, no. Sorry, there's four CD cases. There's multiple discs. Wow. Uh, hold on. Oh, yeah, each each one, I think, has got two CDs in it. Wow, they really rammed it, didn't they? Oh, no, it might just be... I think there's just one case that's got two discs in it. Yeah, it'll probably be the last one with the bonus features. Yeah. The general format with a, with a big finished box set is three or four sort of 60-minute episodes and then a 60-minute uh, behind-the-scenes documentary. Uh, Runtime, 60 minutes, 60 minutes, 60 minutes. Yeah, so it's four hours of Lady Christina <laughs> audio drama for me to sit and listen to there, David. Uh... <laughs> You're going to lap that up. Yeah. Do you think we're the only podcast in the world that reviews the Lady Christina Series 1 box set? I know for a fact that we're not. Oh, really? <laughs> Ama- amazingly enough, yeah. All right. It, it, it's. I mean, it it has its fans. That series, like they've they've done a, a couple of releases now. Um, looking at, looking in the box, well there's like that... a weird crossover where she meets like uh, the Doctor's daughter. Oh, uh, yeah, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. You see, that's a series that I'd be slightly more interested in. Don't say that. We'll be getting it next Christmas. <laughs> right. I, I've got I've got a uh, preview episode of that when they put it up free for a week. So I, I got that sat on my account. I need to give it a listen at some point. So if you don't want to do the box set, and I totally understand, I've also included for David the Blu-rays of the two Dalek movies. Oh. So we've got. Doctor Who and the Daleks. Yeah. Um, is this another one? It might have slid and... Oh, yeah. Sorry. It slid under the box of... Uh, uh, root here. Let me just... There we go. Uh, Daleks Invasion of Earth. Fantastic. 2150. That's the one with cribbins in it. Right, well... Um, I hope you enjoy that whilst I'm sat listening to four hours of Lady <laughs> Well, I think we're going to have to do bonus episodes on on all of those, um, uh, or maybe even regular episodes when we when we when we catch up. Um, 
we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll get him on the schedule for sure. I've got a week off at the end of the month. I'm going to shotgun all that Lady Christina in one day. <laughs> if nothing else, if nothing else, but Big Finish guarantees a, a, a very high quality of sound design. So you've got that to look forward to. Uh, so, if you don't want to do that, I understand. I've sent the David the Blu-rays for the two Dalek movies. David told me that they are on BritBox in the UK, but it's quite nice to have a copy. Oh, absolutely. Um, and if there's any special features, I will I will hoover them up. Okay. Uh, then it says, Merry Christmas again. P.S. There was also a signed photo of Michelle Ryan, but that's been lost. I will send it if it ever shows up. <laughs> and I think I'm right in saying that this coming week, the episode of Married to Who is where they'll be opening our Secret Santa gifts. Oh, exciting. I don't know why we've called it Secret Santa. They know it's me. Yeah, yeah. It's not really It's not really how Secret Santa works, but I, right. we'll let it slide. So it's been a while since we've done Meal of the Week or any food reviews, David. Should mm-hmm. I give you an honest review of Bark's Root Beer? Yeah, go for it. I'm very keen to hear about that. On the can, it says, it's good since 1898. (laughs) Mm. Not making extravagant claims there, are they? No, artificially Um, Mm flavoured. I mean, that's a good thing, because actual sarsaparilla is a carcinogenic, so... Let's go for it. Let me me have a little smell first. It smells very... I can't get my words out. It smells very medicine-y. Medicinal. Is that Medicinal. the one you were looking for? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know how. I don't know how I feel about that. It, it's very, very sweet, mm. but at the same time, savoury. Yeah, it's good. I I love root beer. Mm. I really do. It's it, and it's odd because it's like it's not a million miles away from something like Dr Pepper, but I can't stand Dr Pepper. I quite yeah. like that. It's quite clearly got... Yeah, there it is. High fructose corn syrup. Oh, that's oh, the Get it in me stuff. veins. <laughs> Excellent. I'm very right. jealous. Sat here with uh, my decaf tea in my Jadoon cup. Oh, well, maybe... I don't know. It's quite late. I don't think I'll have more than one. I'll be absolutely wired. See how I yeah. feel. I might try one of their uh, cream sodas. Well, I've had cream soda before. That's the vanilla flavoured drink, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Tastes um, like melted ice cream. So, a very, very big thing. I can't, why can't I talk properly? A very, very big thanks to Marry To Who for those. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, just wonderful people, wonderful podcast. Uh, our, our listeners must be sick of us mentioning them and vice versa, but I don't care. If you've never checked them out, give them a listen. Do you want to say anything about the gifts we sent them, David? Uh, No, because I've got no idea what you sent them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Whilst we are talking about my day off, David. Yes. I've started a project. Have you now? Yeah. I have started and completed today the first chapter of the Doctor Who Adventures video game. Oh, is that the uh, Series 5 tie-in ones? Yep, yep, yep. Matt Smith and Karen oh. Gillan actually lend their voice to it. 
Yes, yeah, because they were they were still sort of fresh-faced and naive and happy to say anything because it was their big... Uh, say yes to anything because it was their big break, Yeah, this show. So I've played the first chapter. What I'm going to do is... Because it only took me an hour to finish. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play the others over the next few weeks. And... What's the setting for the first one? Uh, it's London in 1963. But... Ooh. The Daleks have killed everyone on planet Earth. The Doctor mm. arrives about five minutes too late. Then you go to Scarrow. Yeah. And then you spend a lot of it in this weird temple. Yeah. And, yeah. Sort it, of doing uh, quite simple geometric puzzles and things. Yeah, no well, um, I, I mentioned it when I, I recorded a little before and after. Um, mm. So I, I'm, I will release it, but one of the puzzles is you just have to drag an item through a maze, but if you touch the walls, it's game over. Oh, I hate those. And I didn't realise, but for some reason, my mouse sensitivity was too high. And oh. Items were just shooting across the screen. <laughs> and honestly, I was so angry. I had to like go into my system settings, turn the mouse sensitivity to minimum, and then I did it first time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, it's also got the worst controls of any computer game ever made. Really? Yeah, so it says you can use mouse and keyboard. Uh-huh. But yeah, you, you have to use the direction keys on the keyboard. Uh-huh. Uh and the mouse. So you if, can't use WASD. Well, it turns out you can. It doesn't tell right. you that, but it turns right. out you just can. Uh it tells you the controls are on the mouse. The right click is move forward and the left click is interact. So I played played about the first 40 minutes of it like that. Then I got so sick of it, I tried WASD and that worked. And it didn't tell you, but you can just play the whole thing with a pad. <laughs> so for the last five minutes, I managed to plug my Xbox controller in and it just worked. Ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's my little project at the minute. I'm going to release it in the same vein as when I watched all of Class. So, yeah. just my thoughts before and after every chapter. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the um, uh, the one to come out on Switch. That What's the new one? Not Lonely Assassins. That was the mobile game. You know the one. I'm I know the one about. you mean, but I can't yeah. think of what it's called. I'm I'm quite excited about that one. It's not out on Switch yet, but I I will be getting it when uh, the time comes. Uh, but that's enough about me. How's your week yeah. been? Um, busy, but uneventful at the same time. Uh, nothing, genuinely nothing exciting to talk about. Um. Except possibly uh, food-related stuff, but we're not doing meal of the week, so I'll just have to leave that to the listeners' imaginations. Yeah. But I had two very nice meals on on Saturday. Good. Good. Yeah. Sent answers on a postcard, I guess. <laughs> um. Do you want to do an ad? If we have to, I've, I've, I'll be honest, Matt. I'm not comfortable with sold out, but you know, this, this is a genuine one. This is a real ad. This isn't me joking about eggs. Oh, okay. Right. So you have to maintain a positive mindset. I shall do my level best. 
It doesn't come easy to me. Right. David, do you like progressive rock? You know I do, Matt. David, do you like folk rock? I do, absolutely. Well, that ties in nicely, because I'm a fan of pop. What if I told you, David, you can get all those three things together? Is it possible? Yep. In the new album, Whitley Jones by Whitley Jones. Oh, awesome. And who is Whit- who is Whitley Jones? Uh, so, Whitley, I believe, is Harry from Who Can Convince You. And Jones is Tim, who you might have heard has contributed to a few of their episodes. Oh, yes, yeah. So they're, they're working together on an album for everyone. So Genuinely, very much looking forward to that. Well, you've got to wait till April the 22nd. Ooh, well, um, I, I will definitely be giving that a listen when it comes out. Good. I hope you download it on iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, and all the streaming services available. Hmm. Uh, I mean, if they've got Bandcamp, I'll, I'll uh, chuck them a few quid on Bandcamp. So, you can uh, always, David, send a message to Who Can Convince You on Twitter because they mm-hmm. have limited printed copies available. Yes. Um, good Good. Good stuff. That's awesome. There you go. There you go. I mean, Harry's... I mean, that. if you've never listened to Who Can Convince You, uh, it's almost worth listening to for the, the stings and... Uh, little theme tunes and stuff that, that Harry puts together uh, that guy's got some serious talent yeah like I, I was sending him jokes about goths this week yeah because uh, I, I saw the first goth of the new year David oh they're out are they they're out of hibernation yeah because I was trying to remember when they come out of their house Yeah. does that mean there's two more weeks of winter or is it when they stay in their houses <laughs> I don't know I can't remember yeah. It's so one any, anyway, we were joking about goths, and then like two minutes later, Harry just sent me a, a video where he's in his little music room, just playing like mocking versions of all the goth songs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, he's, I, I would do anything to have the sort of musical ability he has, other than uh, practice an instrument. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and actually commit to it. I just want to wake up one morning and be able to do it, but uh, hey ho, um, yeah. Right, Fantastic. one more, one more question. Uh, oh, okay, go on. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Uh, I mean, what else is this podcast for, man? Yeah, that's the national anthem of goths, so I thought I'd just throw it in there. <laughs> uh, what else have I got to talk about? Um, I think it's time to talk about the episode, David. Uh, uh, you're forgetting it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How could I forget? (laughs) Why aren't they on my tick list? Who knows? What Um, are we doing first? A to Z? Let's do A to Z first. Right, so it's D this week. It is, it is. Um, There was a a couple of rules that I've made, David. mm. You know, last time I said that we are going to rate our listener tweets this week. Yes. Uh, well, I'm put a couple of rules together for their submissions. Okay, so if anyone sent in a message saying, "I I think D stands for Doctor Who because it's great. It's the show we all love," just blocked them on Twitter. So... <laughs> just they gone. Yeah. yeah. In the pit. Yeah. Couple yeah. of messages that were like, 
I think D stands for David from neither the time nor the space because he's brilliant. Blocked. <laughs> Pandering. Trying to get in the Martin McLean Hall of Fame. Don't need that in my life. Blocked. Fine. Yeah. Right. So, no Doctor Who and no Davids. Would you like to hear my suggestions? I certainly would. I'll give you a clue. There's absolutely thousands because most of the episodes either start with Dalek or Doctor. (laughs) Yes, yeah. um, There is plenty to choose from for the the letter D. For episodes, Dalek. Yep. Doctor Dances. Yeah. Doomsday. Yes, please. Daleks in Manhattan. Mm. No, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Doctor's Daughter uh, Better than, it, than its reputation Day of the Moon I could not remember that episode at all uh, It's uh, part two of the Silence two-parter Series six it, Amy and Rory in their prime in that one You right. definitely enjoyed it at the time Doctor's Wife uh, Doctor's Moving wife. on Doctor Great episode. Widow in the Wardrobe mm. We're not talking it's... about Doctor's Wife It's crap Right, dinosaurs on a spaceship. I like it. Day of the Doctor. Yeah, if you're going for an individual episode beginning with D, I think that's the one, right? Mm. Deep Breath. (laughs) Uh, It's it's a lot of good stuff, but yeah. Dark Water and Death in Heaven. Mm. Uh, Strong finale, I think. Doctor Falls. Yep. Demons of the Punjab. Yeah. Uh, would you like some aliens that start with D? I would. I can't think of a single one, Matt. What about Dalek, Davros, Dream Lord? All very good. All strong villains. What about Donna? Yeah. Danny Pink? Yeah. Someone I've never seen but you yak on about, Dodo. Yeah, she's not quite on the same level as Donna, it's fair to say. Right. What about David Tennant? Uh, yeah, he exists. What about Peter Davison? Uh, yes, absolutely. Davison's on my list. And what about Russell T. Davis? I mean, my pick last week was Chibnall for his contribution to, to the show's history. It's only fair that Davis should be my pick for the, for this week. Would, would you like my number one pick? Yep, go for it. I'm going for Demons. Ah, oh, as in uh, from the de- the from Planet Deimos, those yeah. Demons. Yeah. yeah, just that little story, the Demons. Yeah, which you absolutely did not... You, you did not seem on board with it at all when we reviewed it. No, I, I just said that because I thought it would make you go mad. But you, yeah. you're so reserved, <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's mostly I'm trying not to wake little Absorbal off. We're recording quite late this evening. Yeah, quite late. Um, really late. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's not going to sleep um, on schedule at the moment. <laughs> he just gets... His, his general bedtime procedure at the moment is uh, starting out fairly manic, getting increasingly more and more manic until he eventually just gives up and, you know, within the space of two minutes is asleep. Um, 
his yeah. bedtime is later than mine. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there is there is there there have been times in the last couple of months where there has been I don't know fifteen minutes between his bedtime and me and my partner just clambering in and giving up for the day. Um, um, I don't know what yeah. I really would give my nomination to. There's a lot of strong picks, isn't there? There are. There are. I don't it's know. Doctor Dances. I liked that. That was a good episode. Yeah. What about just the Daleks? You know, iconic villains. Yeah. They're from the the sh- from almost the very start of the show. I might go Danny Pink. <laughs> In fact, I might go Danny Pink backflip. <laughs> That's your pick for D. Yeah, yeah Danny Pink's backflip. That's locked in, is it? Nah, I'm gonna go for Demons. That was a good episode. It was. It's a classic. What about Lovely you? Bit of Pertwee. You got any suggestions? Well, as I say, I mean, Russell T. Davis, really, it's only fair if I pick one showrunner, I should pick uh, another when it's their turn. Um, but I'm not picking RTD. <laughs> um, that, I, I want to acknowledge some other writers first. Um, you've got Jerry Davis, who was a, a, a script editor and also um, credited for a few episodes as well. You've got uh, the one and only Terence Dix, you know, um, wrote some of the most iconic series, was um, responsible for a huge swathe of uh, the target novelizations, which is how an entire generation got to access uh, who from before their time. You know, a huge influence uh, in the history of the show. Um, Sarah Donald, personal favourite. Um two absolutely banging episodes and not been invited back and that makes me quite sad i don't know maybe she has been invited back but she's been too busy i don't know what the reason is but um great writer i would love to see some more from her honestly i think she's future showrunner material so um you know fingers crossed for that one day um thinking about uh creatures aliens monsters things like that we've mentioned daleks we've mentioned uh demons i also wanted to mention draconians now you've not met the, the draconians nope um uh, they are a really cool um um, they're, they're one of the more nuanced races a bit like the silurians they're an, they're an alien race um, like a civilized race, get get involved in like sort of intergalactic politics and stuff, and they feature in a single third Doctor story, Frontier in Space, and are never brought back. And they are so high on every classic Who fans list of um uh, species to bring back for the new series. Um, if only because this show is kind of lacking in sort of other major civilized races who aren't evil you know that's they're often it often isn't room for them i guess uh-huh. especially in you who but i would love a story that features draconians at some point um and yeah in terms of like other classic episodes which you've not mentioned You've got uh, all the all the classic Dalek stories like Dalek's Master Plan and uh, uh, all of that. Uh, you've got the Deadly Assassin. 
You've got uh, Dragonfire, Delta and the Bannermen. Um, there's just there's so much for the letter D, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Absolutely so much. Um, it's been the hardest week, I would say. I think so, but I've... I've I've thought long and hard about this, and I'm very worried that you're going to think this is a cop out, Matt. But my pick is the Doctor. You're getting no, a lot. Hear, hear, hear me out. I'm not saying Doctor Who the show. I'm saying the character, the concept of the Doctor. I think one of the things that I find personally fascinating that draw draws me into the show and always has is the concept of this character that's always the same and always different, changing their face, changing the actors, you know, both in-universe and out-of-universe. I find that whole concept of regeneration utterly fascinating. And and also the Doctor as a, as a character, because, because they buck so many trends, they are not your stereotypical Hollywood leading character they're not a, a typical superhero you know violence is a last resort they are first and foremost a sort of super scientist if you like um and uh, yeah i just i i think the doctor as a character is such a unique concept, the way that character has evolved over the time and is continuing to evolve. Just a couple of weeks ago, we unearthed a, a brand new one we'd never heard of before um, in Fugitive of the Jadoon. And that, wasn't that an exciting thing? A thing that no other show on TV could, could pull off. Um, I... It's hard, you know, you can't, I can't imagine Doctor Who without the Doctor. So I, I nearly went for the Daleks because. If you, you want know, Doctor Who without the Doctor, may I present to you Lady Christina, Series 1. <laughs> Available now on five CDs. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, but you, you get my point, hopefully, Matt. And it doesn't come across as too much of a cop out. No. No, I think four weeks is a good length for this segment. So what we're we doing next week? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we're doing right now. Time to fire up searchwise.net again, Matt. Mm. You ready for a little bit of have I got who's for you? I'm always ready. I'm always ready. Let's do it. Okay. Genuinely haven't got this loaded up yet, as always. So... One moment. Do you edit these bits out? Or do you just leave in like 30 oh. seconds of me faffing with my incredibly slow did, phone? Did you not know that Have I Got Who's For You's got its own theme music? Uh, no, I've never, I've not listened to any edits this year. Uh, it's the sound of a dial-up modem and someone typing in like numbers uh, and then uh-huh. it just sort of record scratches into the Have I Got News For You theme. Oh, that's brilliant. Well done, Matt. Okay, right. Are you ready for this, Matt? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
Um, so we've got from Digital Spy. Doctor Who producer responds to struggling ratings reports. Dead of Geek goes with uh, Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor's character arc is too little, too late. Ooh, not pulling punches there. Um, Digital Spy again. Doctor Who boss confirms status of Jodie Whittaker's final episodes. Um, I'm sad because uh, if we'd managed to record a couple of days ago, we would have definitely been talking about missing episodes because that was all that was... Uh, uh, tell well, tell me it. about it. Tell me about it. Well, I can only tell you about it if it comes up on on my searchwise.net feed and um uh da, 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 da. let's see. Jodie Whittaker's final Doctor Who episodes are locked says producer. That's from radiotimes.com well, talk. So. They need talk. to be released by the I was going to I was going to say I mean those radio times are just the masters of turning nothing into a into an article that they might persuade some Doctor Who fans to click on. Um, Is there any news from Plymouth? I've, there's sadly nothing from... Uh, oh, here we are. Pl- <laughs> Plymouth Live. You can always rely on them, can't you, to come up with something... <laughs> Uh, something just completely arbitrary. Doctor Who, Bad Wolf Studios advertise job which requires no experience. Oh, so just yeah. giving them a f- just a free job listing. Let's see what that is. I'm <laughs> I'm never interested in stories like oh the ratings are down and it's Jodie Whittaker's fault. Give it's, me this. Yeah. yeah, here we go. Here we go. Um. Elliot Ball, oh, I was just about to say, please tell me it's Elliot Ball. I, I don't know. It's unclear to me whether Elliot Ball is just on the Doctor Who beat and they've got a, a permanent journalist who's only reporting on Doctor Who stuff or whether he's just... Uh, he's, he's firing out, um, you know, similar articles about a hundred other TV shows or... What it is. To be um, fair, David, I, I know this is a little side story in Have I Got the yeah. News for You. I just yeah. Googled Elliot Ball Plymouth and stumbled across his Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the first two are about Doctor Who. And the mm-hmm. third one is a great, great news story waiting to happen. Yeah. Coffee bags. What will they think of next? This deserves its own story on Plymouth Live. Elliot Ball, you are my hero. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> are we ready to hear what he's got to say Always. about this? He's, you know, he's popped on, he's popped on Indeed.com, found a job listing, and he's going to tell us all about it. Bad Wolf Studios, the production company who produced Doctor Who, has posted a job opportunity which requires zero experience. The job advertisement is seeking an office runner for a high-end TV drama with the role based at Bad Wolf Studios Wales. Although the role is temporary, this is a job that often leads to another job later down the line. Just ask director Guy Ritchie. The advertisement doesn't specify which TV show the successful applicant would be working on, but it isn't out of the realms of possibility. It could be the new series of Doctor Who. Bad yeah, Wolf it says, also might not be. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they are. They do produce a number of other shows. <laughs> Bad Wolf Said is looking for a, quote, highly motivated individual with, quote, no previous experience or specific qualifications necessary. Applicants must be 18 or over to apply for this role, and the production company are urging applicants from underrepresented backgrounds to apply. So there you go. Free job listing for Bad Wolf Studios. There you go. Hope someone applies. Wouldn't it be a shame if nobody applied to that job? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I might apply. Just to see how far yeah. I can get. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It'll reach the point where, like, I'll be sat in a room with Russell T. Davis and David Tennant and I'll be like, look, this joke has got out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, there you go. Everyone's least favourite segment... <laughs> I don't know. Over and done with for another week. We, we got some feedback from Marty McLean. Say hello, David. Yeah. Hello, Marty. Who said he's growing fond of the A to Z and have I got who's for you. Ah, that's, I mean, to be fair, that's that's very much, I feel like, the MO for Doctor Who fans. It's, it's, it's comfort through uh, repetition within form, isn't it? Yeah. People love Doctor Who because it's basically always the same, even when it's a little bit different. And as we've said many times, David, if people want to complain about our segments, they know what to do. Just, just do, indeed. turn it off, unsubscribe, and then throw your phone in a river. And then, yep. we, then we can't get to you that way. Yeah, absolutely. Simple. Right. Before we move into the episode, David... Yes. I forgot to ask, can you please recall every entry into the A to Z? Uh, no, I can't, and I don't want to. It's too late, Matt. <laughs> right, <laughs> excellent. Correct answer. <laughs> uh, do you want some listener tweets? Yes, I do. Speaking of segments nobody enjoys, let's do some listener tweets. I said, I'm sitting down to watch Praxius. Is it any good? Let me know what you think. If you've got an A to Z, we're doing D this week. Right, so, first message, David, mm-hmm. comes from Who Can Convince You? Say hello. Hello. And they said, double whammy of story and thoughts for A to Z. Dreadful. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, then we have BT Flibbity Giggards. Say hello, David. Uh, hello. Hello there, curator. I was going to uh, say, you always say, we... you always say greetings, curator. Yes, no, I, it's, it's late, Matt. It is. <laughs> My brain is not, I've been, I've been, I started work at like quarter past eight this morning. I've, I am knackered. I had a day off. I've mainly yeah. been laid on my sofa listening to Married to Who. Ah, it's all right for some minute. Right, yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. Then the next message comes from BT Flibbity Giggards. Say hello, David. Uh, greetings, curator. That's better. Well done. Okay. BT says, at least it's not Orphan 55. The special effects are cool, though the blogger uh, not seeming to care about her friend dying is a choice. <laughs> and well done Chibnall for not burying the gays mm. uh, BT says D is for Dalek of course and in brackets they've said and also the Doctor but that feels like cheating you're on thin ice BT 
Right. Yeah. Next up, we have James, son of Nicholas Courtney. That's his new nickname. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. James, middle name, son of Nicholas, surname Courtney, who mm. says, It is a shame that Orphan 55 was in this series, as I think people would like this episode more without it. Also, they were lucky the series didn't start later in the year. When it went out, I was slightly uncomfortable with the virus plot, as there was one in China at the time. I wonder what happened yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, glad it didn't amount to much in the end. Mm. And he says, D is for Davros, obviously. Mm. Right, now, David. Yes. The next message is a very special one. Okay. Okay, because it comes from not one but two Martin McLean Hall of Fame members. What? It seems impossible. Yep. Okay. So, the first one comes from Sonia. Say hello, David. Hello, Sonia. Who says, I can't add anything about the episode since I haven't seen it yet, but for D, I'm going to go with Donna, my favourite companion. And then, swooping in like a hawk... Mm-hmm. is Marie Boudreau to back up that point, say hello, David. Hello, Marie. She says she's mine as well. I love her chemistry with the Doctor and her friendship. It was so refreshing after everyone before her in the new ones was all gaga over the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we have Marie's email herself, who says, uh, I had to re-watch this episode because I didn't remember a thing. And even my positive mindset was really kind of bored with it. There were some brilliant one-liners, and the deaths were shocking, but the story is hard to follow. And when you do catch up, it's like, oh, that's it again. Okay. And they say that the contribution for the A to Z is Daleks. It's such an integral part of the Hooniverse at this point. Yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah. Got James Swift up next, David. Say hello. Hello, James. Bringing up the rear this week. Yeah. Not very swift. No. No. Uh, James says, this is a slow and boring episode. I think it's oddly paced and it's my least favourite of the series so far. This series has been fast action paced and the episode demands you to slow down and be bored out of your mind. (laughs) I'm not sure that was the original intent. No, no. Imagine if it was. (laughs) Well, they kind of did that with Heaven Sent, didn't they? Mm. I'm trying to think, what is the most boring programme on TV? I don't know. I don't... The thing is, I don't just throw TV on... You know, and just watch whatever's on anymore. I, I, it's. I've, I've always made a conscious choice to put something on. What? what I tell you what, I'm bloody sick of Octonauts. Really? Bloody sick of. I thought, I thought you were that, a fan in the past. Well, it's. I, mean, I think I that say, might have been your TV that, highlight of the week one week. It is still okay. I mean, it's a good show. It's not. It's better than bloody Paw Patrol. I'll tell you that much. Hey. I was. Little Absorbloff brought a Paw Patrol book from the li- uh, back from the library today. And good Lord, it is atrocious. Apart from anything else, the, the, the central plot seemed to be the, 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 the Paw Patrol just uh, overriding the democratic will of an entire city. Wow. To depose the mayor. 
Well, much like Paw Patrol, David, we're on a roll. <laughs> and we're going to yeah, move okay. into the next tweet from Ariel. Hi, Ariel. Now, Ariel sent us a message last night when we were recording. So I sent a very nice message back going, oh, that was lucky. We're just recording. Mm-hmm. Jinxed it, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Ariel says, this episode was so boring, a real letdown after a solid run of episodes. Not notably bad, but so much nothing. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, um, it, not not the saying that the episode is interesting. So it's kind of it's a it's a bit of a head scratcher in terms of the creative choices, and we'll get more into that in a moment. Is that all of the tweets for this? Week? Yeah, sorry, I, yeah. I I might just have to stop the recording whilst I do a little bit of admin. Um, yeah, sure. Just bear with me. Of course. Praxius. Lone Cyberman, no. Master and Gallifrey, plotline, no. Fugitive Doctor, no. Everything is a lie, no. Episode, is this good, no. (sighs) I I struggled with this one, David. It's... It's a big ask of your audience to set up a whole bunch of interesting questions at the start of the series, uh, hit them with a crazy twist and no answers for that twist um, in the previous episode, and then launch into an episode which is completely disconnected from anything you've set up in the previous five weeks, uh, and in terms of theme, is essentially just hitting you over the head with the same uh, preachy message as you'd already had a couple of weeks prior. But I, I feel what I really... some strange choices. What I really wanted in my Doctor Who is three or four really dislikable side characters. <laughs> Yeah, we were really missing that, weren't we? Yeah. Um, okay, right. It, uh, can, can I tell you how I, how I genuinely feel about this story? Please do. Um, one of my favourite quotes from Sir Henry at Rawlinson End. If you've not heard of it, Google it. Um, your life will be enriched. Um, but there's a great line in it, which is, uh, that was inedible muck and there wasn't enough of it. Um. So, basically, my feeling is this doesn't work, and as boring as people said it is, and it is boring at times, I think it needed to be a two-parter to work properly. Um, It's boring because we don't care about any of the side characters, and there are so many side characters in this squished into one episode on top of the four regulars we've already got that nobody's got enough to do to make you care about any of them. Um, it could have... It, the, the overall beats of this story, I feel like, were enough that you could have paced it differently and made a meaty two-parter out of it. Mm-hmm. But what we end up with is this weird, lumbering um, shell of an episode with no substance. 
Um, and yeah, so it doesn't work. It just it fundamentally doesn't work. But I feel like as counterintuitive as it is to say this was shit and it should have been twice as long. <laughs> I feel like that's where I land on this one. Does that make sense? I think so. Do I sound insane? No. I no. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's, that really, that really sort of, I couldn't, once that thought bedded into my, my brain about 10 minutes into watching this, I couldn't shake it. I was just like, yeah, we're, we're rushing here. It's boring, but we're rushing. <laughs> and that gives me no time to care about anything. I mean, to be fair, like any any writer is going to have a hard time uh, getting me to sympathise with a travel vlogger. Hey, don't <laughs> just you wait, because I've got yeah. quite a lot to say about Gabriella. Oh, I bet, I bet. Let's get into it. Come on, let's uh, right. let's have a. Have anyway. this over and done with. Uh, I, I might have to do a bit of editing there. I don't know if my microphone picked it up, but my phone just started playing uh, Two Girls Roaming, my favourite travel blog. Uh, <laughs> well, literally everyone in the world has heard of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember who I said it about earlier this series, but she might be... Mm. Oh, do I hate Gabriella? more than I hate that blind girl from last series that was really rude to everyone. They're up there together. You, uh, no, I, d d different league entirely. Right. At least, at least, at least the blind girl has reasons to be a bit off with people. Yeah, Gabriella's not off uh, with people. She's just no. totally annoying. It, 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 exactly like I'm saying the reason that you found her annoying is at least understandable in context Gabrielle is just a, a character that I do not want to spend time with right so this is Praxius yeah episode 6 of season 12 we're over halfway we are from the 2nd of February 2020 yeah, uh, it's written but written by Pete McTee, McTy, however you say it, and McTie, Chris, I believe, and Chris Chibnall, and yep. directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. So yeah, uh, Pete McTy pr previously did Kablam, which actually was one of your favourites from last series. Mm. So quite the fall from grace for him. Just thinking, should I open a cream soda? Entirely your call, Matt, but uh, I wouldn't be drinking no. uh, sugary drinks at I won't. I won't sleep. I'll piss the bed. Right. <laughs> so, we open with a little chat about Earth as astronaut Adam Lang re-enters the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. All his systems on the ship are failing. Okay. Then we've got a boy who is under arrest for shoplifting. And we meet Jake, the overzealous policeman. Now, now I'm going to send you a picture here, David, of Jake, yeah. the overzealous policeman. I'm, I'm preparing myself for the okay. incoming missive. Uh, hold on, hold on. Here we go. Because, as well as this episode, David, I knew I'd seen his face somewhere. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Turns yeah. out the actor that plays Jake is also in Lady Christina season <laughs> one on Big Finish. <laughs> wow. Uh, let me fire, let me just open this. There was one that had a cast list and I saw his name. That's him, Warren Brown, playing Sam Bishop. I mean, oh, he plays Sam Bishop? Yeah. Oh, I, I know Sam Bishop, because I'm pretty sure if it's the same Sam Bishop, Bishop which it probably would be, uh, he's a, a character in the Unit series that Big Finish do. Ah, well, if you read the blurb here, uh, yeah. Jet Setter, an owner of a very unusual London bus, Lady Christina D'Souza likes the finest things, even if they don't belong to her, and the more exotic or alien, the better. But Christina's activities have caught the attention of a unit, and now yep. Sam Bishop is on her trail. Ah, oh, great. That's genuinely made me 10% more interested in listening to that. Because <laughs> I, I, I like Sam Bishop as a character. Um, and you know what? I will say as well, I think Warren Brown is probably the best guest actor out of the bunch. Yeah, he's got the most to do, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he and he and he makes the most of it. Like, uh, we'll get to it later, but there's one scene in particular that is, I think, really stands out as a very good scene in an otherwise rather, uh, rather uneven and uh, odd episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jake's an overzealous police officer. Everyone yeah. goes, but you're not even really a police officer. And he just goes, oh, I'm just on, on a bit of a break. Then we meet two gap year girls called Gabriella and Jamila. Yeah. Who go to see a beautiful river. But, oh, David, it's all polluted. There's rubbish uh, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, understandably, they just camp amongst the garbage. Yeah, <laughs> of course. As you would. Yeah, you just, uh, you know, just uh, piles of rubbish and rotting bird corpses, sure. <laughs> yep. Perfect place to pitch up. Yeah, five stars on TripAdvisor. <laughs> okay. So all the birds are acting really weird everywhere, pretty much. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I didn't get this bit, David, right? Yeah. Middle of the day, Jake's in a pub drinking whiskey. Yeah, that's a choice. No, but like it, it, it works in like movies where it's like an American roadside bar. Yeah, people just don't do that in Britain. I don't know. I think if you're, if you're in a full blown mental health crisis as he is, you, I, I, I could understand it. I'd have believed it more if he was drinking like a pint of mild. Sure, but yeah, I don't know. Right. It's not the, out of all of the things to get hung up on on this episode. Yeah. That wouldn't have been my choice. Yeah, right. So he's watching the astronaut Adam Lang on the news because Adam is missing, presumed dead. Yeah. For all of about twenty seconds, then he texts uh, Jake saying, "I'm in Hong Kong. Come and help me." Yeah. Okay. Gabriella wakes up and birds are falling from the sky. Um, Gabriella shows absolutely no concern that her friend is just missing. Like, Ryan yeah. appears and he's like, oh, don't touch that bird. 
and she goes, oh, I've lost my friend, and that's about it. Yeah, and that 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 whole strand only gets weirder as it goes yeah. on. Right. Then Jake arrives in Hong Kong, where he yeah. meets Graham and Yaz, who let him into a building. So mm-hmm. we're seeing all these strands start to come together a bit now. Yeah. And to be fair, I like this as a concept starting an episode with our with our gang dispersed and already like on the case or possibly different cases you know the whole thing that the doctor is trying to put this puzzle together and so she sent them out on different errands yeah to kind of that's quite a, a a different interesting start to a story yeah instead of the usual no. Yeah, and again, it's one of the things where I feel like, give it two episodes, you could have had, like, the first 25, 30 minutes be something like that before the strands start to really come together. Yeah. And that could have really started to ramp up the intrigue, but with with this, they're all back together in the first 15 minutes. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So they enter the building... And then, for the first time, we see the Doctor. Yeah. Uh, she's on a beach as a body washes up. Yeah. And we're introduced to... I know I've slated Gabriella already, but probably yeah. the worst actor in this episode is Suki. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't like being overly critical of young actors, but she really has that sort of... Fresh out of drama school earnestness. It, it's she's very monotonous. Like there's yeah, never it, any expression going on. Yeah, it's not. It's not a great guest performance at all. Um, and especially as like she ends up being very pivotal to the story. Um, a, a rare. It's rare that I feel like someone is really miscast in in Doctor Who, but. That, that did feel like a miscasting to me. Yeah. So, yeah, she's with her friend Araman, and it's people who've gone missing from a US submarine. Yeah. So at this point, we've got all these different strands, but none of them tied together. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, this is where we get the revelation that Gabriella is a vlogger. Yeah. I, I don't think I've heard anyone ever under the age of about 30 use the term vlog. <laughs> It was very briefly in vogue in the very early days but, of YouTube. But was it with young people? I think if you were one of those early adopters, people who were young people when YouTube first launched and very quick at this point would be in their 30s. You know what I mean? But even then, I think they probably pivoted to, to, to self-describing as YouTubers. The, 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 the difficulty, of course, being this is the BBC. They can't say YouTuber. Mm, I suppose. Um, so I'll, I'll just about let it slide, but it does make me wince. It, it's, it's like there's this whole episode of um, Sherlock that revolves around a smartphone. Everyone in the script refers to it as a camera phone. Uh, because I think we had that in who as well. 
or maybe I've just mentioned it before. It's my go-to example. Yeah, you maybe have. Slight, slightly out of touch writers, just you know, be- betraying their age through dialogue choices. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. So turns out there's a man in a gas mask watching Jake. Yeah. Oh, so we've got our introduction to this week's apparent villain. Yeah. Uh, the man from the submarine turns to stone and explodes. Yeah. Uh, well, excuse me. That's pretty... I've got to be honest. As sort of, like, horror elements go, it's pretty hardcore for Doctor Who. Yeah. Do you not think? Yeah, I didn't like... Uh, didn't like the sort of stony face. Yeah. yeah. It, honestly, I worry that... I feel like they maybe just went slightly a bit too far over the line in terms of what I think you should really be doing on a, on a family-oriented show. And it's rare because generally, if anything, the Chibnall series tends to be a, a, a little bit tame yeah. when it comes to those elements. Um, well, so maybe it was, that's it, because really we had our, of... our big action episode... Yeah. Last week, and there was nothing this severe as part of it. No, no. So that it doesn't quite sit right with me that whole uh, effect. But uh, but there you go. Right. So Ryan and Gabriella go to the hospital to look for Jamila, and there's a dead bird inside. Yeah. It's important to say Ryan picked up the dead bird earlier. It, it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's a big quarantine zone in the hospital. And Jamila's face is all rocky as well. Yeah. Uh, so, as you would in that scenario, Ryan just pokes her face, and yeah. she wakes I mean, first up. of all, they've first of all they've they've just barged through into a quarantine area in a hospital, yeah. a hospital with like no security. It seems. Yeah. Weirdly, it, any other people? It seems like a haunted hospital. It's like that one out the first episode of Torchwood. Where everything's yeah. really dark and grim. Um, yeah. So the doctor appears, and as she does, Jumilla explodes. Yeah. Uh, Yaz and Graham have been following energy signals, and they find Adam all hooked up to some alien tech. Yes. And when they do, men in gas masks arrive. Yeah. Uh, so Jake steals their guns and kills them. And the Doctor can't see who's in the gas masks. She's unable to unmask them. Yeah. Okay. Um, they all go back to the TARDIS. Except Yaz, who wants to go get the alien tech machine. Mm-hmm. So Yaz is standing up to the Doctor. She's becoming, you know, her own person. Yeah, it, it's it, it, one of the few things that I think you could absolutely praise this episode for is it gives Yaz some development. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad episode of Doctor Who, but it's a good Yaz episode. So whilst uh, Yaz and the Doctor are having a conversation about their plan, Gabriella just sticks her nose in and just goes, oh, I'll go with you. It's just like, all right, says who? Back off. Yeah. And it's like the, the transition from person who has literally just lost a close friend that they've that they've built their their life and business around to just like oh yeah you're off on an adventure i'll I'll have a shifty with you 
But also, it's not like it's, oh, I'll come with you, I've got any discernible skill. It's just like, uh, I'm just a bit irritating, I'll, I'll come along. Yeah, it's like, Gabriella does not make sense as a human being yeah. in this story. Yeah. Everyone else, at least, like, you understand the choices they're making. But Gabriella, it just, I can only assume it's some, you know, sometimes these things, they go through multiple drafts. There's a co-writing credit from Chris Chibnall. So obviously there were problems with the script. There were things that needed to be worked out in order to get it in a filmable state. And I can't help but feel like this is sort of a leftover from an earlier version of the story where there was perhaps a bit more breathing room and Gabriella reacted in a more human way to the loss of her friend. Well, because it, It's almost my t- go-to test. If you arrived at the pub and you were like, oh, this is my friend Gabriella. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd be hanging about, to be honest, David. No, no. It would, I would totally understand under the circumstances. Right, so... The doctor checks Adam is okay, uh, at which point Araman and Suki call. And we find out at yeah. this point, Adam and Jake are married. Yeah. So that's quite good. I thought they were going to be, you know, the way it's played, the usual Doctor Who, it would be, oh, that's my brother. And, you know, we don't yeah. talk anymore. So it's quite yeah. good that they finally took a different approach to that. Yeah, it is. It's just, you know, that you, again, one of the things that you can absolutely fulsomely praise this episode for is it uh, presents a gay marriage as entirely normal. Yeah. Not Nothing special. Uh, you know, they are having they're having difficulties in the way that you know, a lot of people can have difficulties in their marriages, especially if they're on TV. Um, but especially, but it, like those two people, their main character yeah. trait isn't the fact that they're gay. No. Whereas in the past, it maybe would have been. Yes, abs- yeah, there's ab- there is absolutely nothing about, you could take that storyline and change the gender of either one of them and it wouldn't affect any of the other creative choices, you know. The fact that they are two men is 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 immaterial, um, and uh, that genuinely does feel like a you know a good step in the right direction. I'm not saying you know you can't ever. I'm not saying that has to be the sum total of all, um, you know, gay representation on TV because absolutely you want you want people to be telling stories that are specific to that lived experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but also, it doesn't have to just be that, you know. They are, you know, you, you can just have people who are people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, back with Araman and Suki, loads of birds have arrived. Yeah. Uh, Yaz and Gabriella have got the machine. Uh, Yaz wants to hack it, but as they start messing about with it, it turns out that one of the gas mask men isn't dead. Yeah. It's awkward. But it is sending out a triangular signal. So there's Hong Kong, Madagascar, that's where Suki and Araman are, and the Indian Ocean, that's where the submarine went missing. Yeah. Okay. So seeing all this, the gas mask man touches part of the machine and disappears. Yeah. 
and Yaz wants to follow in the teleporter. Okay, whilst this is going on, the Doctor and the crew do some science. You yeah. know, we get a bit of environmentalism thrown in here and yada, yada, yada. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Okay, Adam has an alien disease and that's why he's turning to stone. That's what, why other people have turned to stone. Yeah. And whilst this is happening, Graham has a heart-to-heart with Jake. Best scene of the episode. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, Graham's role in the show now. Just every episode, he just pops up, gives someone really sound advice. Yeah. Uh, um, to be honest, we haven't had it for a little while. It's been a, it's been a very underwhelming se- uh, series for Graham mm. so far. Um, but... <laughs> This is just a great scene, I think. I don't really have much more to add to it. I think it's just you, you've got two actors with some nice understated dialogue doing nice understated acting. Yeah. Um, speaking of understated, Yaz and Gabriella arrive in an alien zone and find yeah. part of a submarine. Yeah, like, at this point, the way she just takes everything in her stride, Gabriella, um, it, it it does border on sociopathic. Yeah, but also like she she commentates the episode as if yeah. it's like one of those audio descriptions for people who are hard of hearing. <laughs> it's just like we're on an alien ship. That's part of a submarine. It's dark in here. Like, you know. you know what? I I will say. So I finished watching. Uh, I I had to sort of squeeze watching this episode in around other stuff. Um, when we were due to record it on on the Sunday, so I actually watched it on my phone whilst putting away some laundry, mm-hmm. and um, I had the audio description on just in case I missed anything, and I did notice that it was very, very light on the audio description. You don't need it when she's around. (laughs) You really don't. (laughs) Right. Um, So, Ryan finds that the birds are all full of plastic. Yeah. Because the alien is targeting microplastics, and I've written in big, bold letters, oh, shit, it's another environmental episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, that that famous trope, you've got base under siege. Yep. Environmental. Yeah. And that's just pretty much it at the minute. Oh, just, uh, oh, you, you're forgetting there's bloody Daleks everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the other key, key uh, Doctor Who genre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Suki's lab is a microfiltration site. So she's removing plastic from yep. the ocean. And the birds all attack Araman. And I assume they kill him. They don't yeah. openly say he's dead. They You no. just kind of see him attacked and then everyone moves on about their business. The bird stuff, it really does just feel like clutter in this episode, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, then they have a very scientifically inaccurate discussion about how enzymes and viruses work. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Yaz tells the Doctor about the signal beaming to Madagascar. Because mm-hmm. it turns out that's where Suki's lab is and she's the bad guy. Yeah, dun dun dun. And you know, you know when we got that turn from the Master where he went from being just a guy and you could see the whole 
way of acting the character changed. Yeah, yeah, you just sort of see you see him doing the mental calculations and he's just like, ah, no, the jig is up, let's have some fun then. Yeah, don't really get that this week, do we? She just goes, yeah, I am bad. (laughs) You've you've found me out, Doctor. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad glad they didn't cast her as the master. That's all I have to say. Well. Look, look. As 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 a performance aside, I do quite like this on paper as a, as a, as a twist. The fact that the doctor, because you know she is so quick to befriend Suki and bring her in to her circle because she's got a lovely, well stocked lab. She seems to know what she's talking about when it comes to the sciencey stuff, and. The Doctor does like, you know, like a well-stocked lab and a fellow scientist to bounce ideas off, you know. So it's it's to- it's good writing of the Doctor that she would just be sort of blinded by that and not see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like it as a turn on paper. But yeah, unfortunately... <laughs> The the reveal is so flatly done, and and it's basically just an excuse for another exposition dump. Well, this episode's already had like six exposition dumps by this point. Right. So Praxius is the disease. Yeah. Uh, all the birds go mad. Everyone runs to the TARDIS, and Adam says, "Look, you've got your test. That's what they were working on in Suki's lab. Test it on him." Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yaz manages to unmask one of the gas mask men, despite the fact the Doctor was totally unable to earlier. Yeah. Uh, and it's a rocky-faced man. So Sure. Yeah. He looks like everybody just before they explode. Uh, the Doctor injects Adam, and the TARDIS goes to get Yaz and Gabriella, because they're beneath the ocean. They're ah. at the bottom of the Indian Ocean, where all the plastic is gathered. Uh, Adam and Jake hold hands and make peace. Yep. And the Doctor catches up to Suki, and we find out the gas mask men are her crew. So the Praxius disease wrecked her planet, and she brought it to Earth to find a cure, because Earth has so much plastic. Yes, all right then. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. No, that's the thing. It's just, uh, it it just. Uh, it, it, this would have been fine if we hadn't already had a a a very sledgehammer subtle uh, environmental episode just two episodes ago. Oh, just keep politics out of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Right, so Suki gave herself some of the cure, but the cure oh, was... hang on, hang on. We, we cannot gloss over that. Because we've just two scenes ago we established Suki is a scientist with a capital S. Yeah. And now she's failed to take into account the fact that she has a fundamentally different physiognomy. Yeah, she's just a totally different species. Yeah. So... Like... You can't, you can't expect me to buy into a story which tells me someone is a scientist in one scene and then makes them do 
you know, do the dumbest shit that anyone with a absolute base level understanding of science would not do. Yeah. Do um, you know what I mean? It just, it's like... Also, this is, if, you if, really feel the gears grinding with moments like that. If, if you watch this episode and it made you question whether you wanted to take the COVID vaccine in case you exploded, <sighs> uh, just give your head a shake and get vaccinated. Yes, please. Please okay. do. Virus bad, vaccine good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Suzuki explodes. Yeah. Uh, and... The Doctor wants to use the organic fuel cells of Suki's ship to kill Praxius. Yeah. Because uh, the cure has worked, Adam is fine, after the TARDIS gave Jake the cure. So they've yes. got the cure now. Hooray! So they use Suki's ship to fly about for a bit, spreading the cure. <laughs> uh, they need to put it on autopilot. Yeah. Um so everyone gets in the TARDIS because the ship's going to blow up whilst it's on autopilot. Except yeah. Jake, who stayed behind to pilot the ship. And I thought, I've seen this a thousand times. He's been told to live his life. He's going to dedicate his life to his husband by being the one to stay behind. So he tells yeah. Adam he's sorry, releases the antidote. But this time, the Doctor just nips about in the TARDIS, just goes and rescues him before it explodes. Yeah. Hooray! Uh, and then Adam and Jake have a little kiss. Who, who, who knew that Chris Chibnall could introduce a gay character and then not murder them by the end of the episode? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. We've seen it, growth well, from Chibbers this series. We have. We have. Well done, Chibnall. Yeah. So Adam and Jake have a little kiss. Mm-hmm. They say they're going to go on their uh, honeymoon. You know, they never had one because Adam was going to space. And then Gabriella's just like, hey, why don't I come along? I can vlog it. Seriously. Worst human being. Yeah. (laughs) Who does that? Well, you say that. Who does that? When I got married, right? Yeah. um, My my wife's maid of honour just told us that she was going to do a speech at the wedding. She was like, the best man uh, gets to do a speech. Why don't I? And I had to basically say, just stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not nice when things like that happen. No. 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 So if you're thinking of inviting yourself on someone's honeymoon, don't. It, no, it's 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 a bit cheeky. Yeah. But even <laughs> then, even if it was the other way around, if I said, oh, David, do you want to come on my honeymoon? Nobody in their right mind would say yes. <laughs> you would think. Yeah. But no. Oh, you uh, said that really sad as if you wanted to come. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, but, yeah, baffling. Yeah. Not not the greatest episode. I don't know if it's my least favourite. Uh, um, like, we always say, my... don't we? we? We've seen some ambitious failures. This was just boring. And I think that's what makes it worse. But it's the thing is, it's there are some interesting creative choices. There are some isolated good scenes. There's some great character development from the most underdeveloped character of the core cast. Um, the, 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 there's interesting elements to the story. It's just... They've chucked it all in a blender 
and the end result is distinctly unpalatable. Uh. It just doesn't come together in a way that works. And that's very frustrating. Um, but, yeah, I... I... I don't, I, I, I certainly, there are episodes that I dislike considerably more than this. It's just a bit of a, yeah, just a swing and a miss. Mm. That's all it is, really. I don't, yeah, I don't hold hold anyone particularly to, to I don't want to take anyone to task, especially for it. Um, but anyway, that's, that about does it for Praxius. Um. I should tell you what we're going to watch next week. And it's so late, it's completely flopped out of my brain. So bear with me just one moment whilst I Google this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can edit this out, but you won't. Uh, what if I told you next week we'll be watching Can You Hear Me? That's the one. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Something to look forward to. I'm just trying to think. Is that the first episode of New Who to feature a question mark oh, in the title? Maybe. It might be. I mean, last year, uh, uh, last series, we had Kablam, which was the first to feature an exclamation mark. So uh, I'm he not, likes his punctuation. I'm, in his... I'm not going to scroll down on Wikipedia because I'll get spoilers. So. <laughs> yes, I'll I'm tell so you next close week. now, Matt. We yeah. are so close. I can't to, wait. To... <laughs> Well, um, yep, do join us next week when we will be discussing Can You Hear Me? Um, but until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.